The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger. And we are uh, back at it, and uh, once again, in person, which is so new and unique for us. We're, we're glad to be able to do it uh, this way. And uh, we're also back to answer another listener question uh, that was brought to us uh, a while back, and we're, we're finally able to kind of address it and think through it together. Uh, but the question this time for this episode is, is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? Okay, so is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? Uh, what an interesting question. I guess, uh, Roger, can we just give a quick answer to that question before we really dive into it? Is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? No. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Great, that's it. <laughs> uh, probably not quite that easy. Uh, but yes, no is the answer. No, the God of the Old Testament isn't different than the God of the New Testament. But, Roger, as we're thinking about this question, uh, because it is uh, an important one, before we dive into the particular question, the, these are some of the ones that we're addressing now. Are Some might consider them more theological in nature. These are theological questions that we're starting to answer and that we're being asked. Oh, why do you, why is theology important to even think about? Because some people would say, you know what, just get back to the practical stuff, you know, the Rogers category of things, biblical counseling stuff, which is, you know, practical, day to day. But why why is theology so important even to biblical counseling? Well, if we just go back to the beginning of understanding what the word theology is, the study of God, yeah. it's important to any conversation we have about the Lord and about our lives. We all start with an understanding of God. And so whatever topic it is, it's important. It's not just a theologian who's studying, you know, a very deep topic. Everybody's a theologian. It's just how, how you know, how much you studied, how much you've learned. But we're all doing theology. It's not just thinking about it. We're doing it. We're living it out. And so it's an everyday conversation. Every time you interact with God's word, you're studying him and understanding him. So it's not a, a thing we can avoid. Yeah. You know, you often hear that, you know, we don't want to talk about theology. You want to talk about practical. Well, there is no practical without theology. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. You, you know, imagine trying to have a relationship with someone and all you care about is kind of what they're doing, what they're wearing, what they're doing, rather than their heart, why, who they really are, what is leading to those things. Mm. And if you want kind of moral lessons without the the God that stands behind them and his heart and his, who he is, um, you're going to, well, you're going to miss completely what even those morals, those values, those commitments are, what they really mean. But kind of, it's kind of related to this question. I wanted to bring it up that way because this question, is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament? I think it's, uh, I hate to put it this way, but I think it's a simplistic question or, or it, it reveals a simplistic understanding of Scripture. 
but let, let me ask you this. Why do you think this question is asked? Because it's asked kind of regularly. I think people mm-hmm. ask it often. Yeah, I, I think that if you think about our knowledge of the Scripture, we're probably more focused in the, on the New Testament than on the Old, mm-hmm. where we see Jesus revealed, we see His grace and His mercy f- arriving, yeah. and we see the major theme of that in the New Testament. And that when we study the Old Testament, it's characterized as all judgment, all law, that this is how God dealt with his people in this particular time. And then it finally ended. And now is the time where we finally see grace appear and we don't connect God's grace in the Old Testament because we see him do things that are very um, uh, dramatic, for a better word, but he wipes out nations. He judges harshly. He strikes people down he does it in the new testament too (laughs) true but he does those and and you see that more because your bible is two-thirds old testament Mm one-third new so i think generally that's the kind of the vibe is oh god is so harsh in the old testament he's so gentle in the new so it must be different yeah he must act differently toward mankind because we're viewing it maybe not as as a whole but yeah. in too many parts, we're dividing it too much and not holding his character together yeah. uh, throughout Scripture. It's interesting. I almost feel like we think of the Old Testament as a bunch of stories mm-hmm. rather than a story. Yeah. And it is a story. And actually, it's the Old and New Testament is a story. It's one story um, that we're, we're able to see once we get a grasp of the whole and what's interesting is, you know, imagine this. We're saying that the God of the Old Testament is more judgmental and wrathful uh, than the God of the New Testament. What's the climax of the New Testament? The cross of Christ. If there's ever wrath, yeah. that's where it is. Mm-hmm. And we have to see that. Um, yeah, you're, you're, I think you're alluding to like Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament mm-hmm. too. So there, yeah. we see some of these things, but... But we would miss out completely if we thought that somehow uh, we would miss what Christ accomplished on the cross. We'll, we'll, we'll get more to that. Uh, any other thoughts on why people ask this question um, that, you know, is the Old Testament, is the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New? I think it's a, a fair question in this sense if you're thinking about the Trinity. And you're thinking about God the Father is revealed in the Old Testament. How is God the Son revealed? Yeah, You don't see Jesus in the same way because he didn't come to this earth in, you know, as a man in flesh until the New Testament. Right. And so understanding uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus, how he's portrayed and just seeing God the Father act. Yeah. so, so in other words, and I think we in theology we talk about it this way. We say, you know, in the Old Testament we have a lot of types and shadows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And in the New Testament, the antitype or the substance arrives, right? What those types and shadows were pointing forward to. But in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, it's true that the Lord used a lot of types and a lot of shadows mm-hmm. to point forward. So uh, there was a sense of concealment in the Old Testament, perhaps. Um, that is revealed yeah. in the New Testament. And so that makes it a little bit clearer, so to speak, to see God as Trinity in the New Testament. Although, would you say, Roger, that God is not Trinity in the Old Testament? 
No. <laughs> it, it's how we just look at it and just see right. the emphasis of of God in the Old Testament and New Testament, yeah. and and you could you could think that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it, it, we see it developed more clearly, yeah. the doctrine uh, in the New Testament, but it's not absent yeah. in the Old Testament. It's actually very much present. The other thing I was thinking about on this topic, Roger, is, um, and this is going to get into stuff that we'll probably have to spend other episodes talking through. We're not going to get to all of it in depth yeah. today, but really kind of a theological framework for understanding all of Scripture, I think that derives from Scripture is what we call, you know, we, we talk about this covenantal structure mm-hmm. in Scripture. And even the language of Old Testament and New Testament it comes from somewhere, Testament being a covenant. Um, I think that when we miss that structure, and hopefully um, more and more churches are teaching and getting a little deeper into understanding this framework in Scripture, but when you see this covenantal structure, that there is a covenant of works and a covenant of grace. And that these things, you know, you have this this Adam's line and then you have Christ's line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start seeing these structures in scripture, it helps you to go, "Oh, God's not different. There's something being played out. Mm-hmm. There's this narrative, this redemptive history, we like to say, that's being played out." Yeah. Um I don't know, you, have you has this understanding helped you as you've been studying and thinking through scripture all you know for quite a while now? Yeah, I think that you know when thinking of the distinction between the law and gospel mm-hmm. it helps in so many different areas of our experience, helps in our experience of sanctification and understanding the process of sanctification yeah. um, and our motives of the heart for that, why we obey. Um, you know, based on gratitude and uh, his grace, not based on fearful law. Yeah. Um, I think understanding assurance of salvation has been a major category, and mm. this distinction just clarifies it so much in understanding the distinction between uh, the law and the gospel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the framework just simplifies a lot of scripture and gives an understanding of, of our relationship with Christ in a different way. Um, by making the distinctions and understanding their purpose uh, in our life. I was just thinking about, um, you know, even the way the New Testament speaks of the Old Testament, right? Because the, the Old Testament, was that was the scriptures they had. Yeah. You know, when Paul's writing and he says, all scriptures, God breathed, you know, he's talking about the Old Testament, those those books yeah. of the Bible, the thirty nine books of the Bible that they had, that that Christ Himself preached from, and you know, on the road to Emmaus, when when uh, Jesus is teaching about Himself to His disciples from the beginning of the Scriptures to the end, He's talking about the old the Old Testament um, there. And I was thinking about even what Paul says about the law in Galatians three, or uh, or in Galatians, I'm trying to remember where it was. I think Galatians three. Um, but he, he calls it a tutor. Yeah. So, yes, in the Old Testament, we see more law. But there's a reason. Yeah. The law is teaching. The law is pointing us somewhere. The law is, is guiding us, instructing us to know the Savior, yeah. to look for the promise, because clearly we cannot 
live according to the law. It's not life-giving, yeah. you know. Wouldn't you see, though, also, as I believe it's Galatian talks about how the law, that is that mirror, that it's revealing to us who we are as it is a tutor, yeah. but it's revealed even more in the Old Testament as you think about God's people. And you think about how they continuously failed. They yeah. couldn't live up to it. God gave them this law. Then he gave them yeah, you know, promises and blessings if they obeyed. But you see over and over, and it builds this this uh, this story of, of you need a Savior and he's coming. Yeah. But it's built over and over and over. And what I think we miss is that there is so much grace in the Old Testament. Amen. There's more than we realize. Think about from the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned. At that moment, they should have been obliterated from this earth. <laughs> But God showed his grace by promising one day a Savior would come. And then you That's think right. about the covenants he made. You think about all of our heroes of the faith, all those who were uh, men of God seeking after God, and all of them failed. Yep. And over and over, the prophets came. Here's God's law. They failed. And what did he do? He judged them, but he showed them grace and grace and grace. And, and made them more promises. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he blessed them even though they That's were right. rebelling against him. Yeah. If you don't make that distinction, then I think sometimes we start to relate to God even as we're saved based on law, not based on grace. Okay, God, I'm going to obey you. You're going to bless me. Yep. That's Old Testament uh, law thinking. Yeah, covenant of works right? thinking yeah. in a sense, right? Yeah, do and you will live. Do yeah. this and you'll live. Obey and you'll live. Disobey and you'll die. Disobey yeah. and you'll be punished. Yeah. Um, whereas the gospel is given all by grace and it's it's this promise he's doing the work yeah. because we can't you know if you think about even you know in ezekiel you know the dead bones that need to be yeah. given life and, and rise you you can't you know put on a new heart or put you, know, you can't do it so i'm going to take your heart of stone yeah. and give but a big part of the law is simply telling us and reminding us like you said exposing us exposing our hearts mm -hmm. exposing our life that we can't do it we need the promise. We need the Savior. And that's, I think, part of how it acts as a tutor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have this new book I bought for uh, my son. We're reading through a new children's book, and it follows the line <laughs> of the law and gets to the gospel in the New Testament. And it, it's fascinating. It's a great, great children's book that talks about each person and how God brought them up and they failed. God yeah. brought him up, and then they failed. And then you get to Jesus, and it's Jesus fulfilled this. He didn't fail. And each person and how he redeemed each of those to ultimately point to himself because it, it wasn't meant for them to live up. It was meant to finally get to him, but it was a reminder, look, it's not about you. It's about getting to Christ and yeah. about Him, perf his perfection of fulfilling the law because we can't. Amen. But I think our human nature— is Old Testament, yeah. right? By we're born law, uh, you know, we want to obey the law because we want, in, in a sense, we want to earn something. Yeah, we want to earn our blessing. We want to earn God's favor. We got to have some kind of part in it. Yep. So absolutely, performance. Performance is yep. all law based. You know, look, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I've done all of these disciplines. You know, I'm following. Yeah, but it's not the grace and the gospel driving us. And I think that's where I, I've seen just that really uh, uh, 
looking into the motive of the heart and how the gospel changes that yeah from law to no now now grace it's funny we we shifted topic almost yeah you know all the way to instead of asking the question is the god of the old testament different than the god of the new testament you know we're looking at law gospel but but it's i think it helps to answer the question because it's saying if you understood the whole pattern of scripture you'd see that no the god of the old testament is not different than the god of the new testament in fact the god who is of the script, the God of the scriptures, yeah. there is this one story, this one redemptive story that he's telling us and and directing our hearts and minds to and wanting us to know and understand that unless we understand law gospel, unless we understand mm-hmm. the covenants, unless we understand these things, we, we won't grasp, including we won't grasp what Christ accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, without the Old Testament, I mean, think about... I think about one of my favorite books in all the scriptures, not that we should have a favorite book, but let's say I have a favorite <laughs> book in the in the scriptures, and that's the book of Hebrews. Yeah. If you look at the book of Hebrews, it's all showing how Christ fulfills yeah. all that the Old Testament was, po- or all the Old Covenant was pointing to. Yeah. And we won't grasp, if someone tries to just, without looking back at the Old Testament, just teach about Jesus uh, using all, New Testament without the old somehow, which is not even possible. The New Testament authors don't do that. You know, you would have such a a, a shallow view. Think of the opposite too. If you if you taught the old without the new, yeah. then what do you get? You get moralism. Yep. You get examples. You get heroes. Yep. You get a God without Christ. Instead of pointing to Him, you get the focus going back to man, yeah. because you're forgetting it's not about man; it's about Christ. And yeah. so you can teach these stories, if you know, in the Old Testament. And I think they're they can become too moralistic if you're not leading and getting to getting to Christ at the end of the message. Absolutely. Where where are we in this historical plan that yeah. God has? This promise that He's given. You know, to Abraham, to David, etc. Yeah, you're right. We we very easily can fall into the trap of moralism. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because we we're getting excited because we this stuff is really important, and it's funny because it's important not just um, somehow abstractly or or theoretically, because it really gets into the nitty gritty of our worship, our growth, yeah. our confidence. Our, our 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 joy in Christ and what he's accomplished yeah. without understanding that one flow that one glorious story the continuity between the old and new i feel like we miss so much i think also if you, if you if you divide and you think god is all judgment in the old and god is gracious in the new right. how are you relating to him are you fearing him are you ignoring just the Old Testament altogether? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you worship a God you think is kind of separated, that he's not one and the same? You're going to maybe emphasize one or the other. You might, yeah. you know, you're, it, it can really affect how we're thinking. Um, I was reading, a, um, or I'm re- I am reading right now, uh, a book by Walter Marshall, The okay, Gospel yeah. Mystery of Sanctification. Yeah, wrote I just got it too. 1600s. Did you get the version that was uh, translated by... Uh, Bruce McRae, or you get the original? You know what? I think I got the original. Okay. They get the one by Bruce McRae. It's very uh, rough reading the original, so he translated it into some uh, easier to understand okay. English. But 
anyway, he, he repeats himself a lot in this book about our union and fellowship with Christ. Yes. But what he emphasizes is you can have no assurance if you don't fully understand you are accepted and loved by God. Mm-hmm. And so he emphasizes the point of what we think is going to relate to how we relate to God, which is going to affect our entire kind of walking with him. Yeah. And so he says, you have to get this right to begin with. So if we're thinking of the scriptures and we're not, you know, we're, we're talking about the entire Bible, we have to get God right. We have to understand his character correctly because yeah. it'll affect uh, how we walk with him. That's right. You know. And, and one of the things that we see by seeing the continuity of this one redemptive historical plan, this redemptive plan throughout Scripture, uh, we we see the wisdom of God. Yeah, we see this this beauty of of His plan and how He has His people in mind from before the foundation of the earth. I feel like, unfortunately, with certain theological systems, you almost get this this choppy, broken up mind and heart of God where. You don't see this wise plan being worked out each and every moment of every period of time and every generation perfectly to be revealed and, and, and you know, climax with Christ on the cross and his resurrection and then glorification one day. Instead, you get this kind of choppiness that I think leads us to seeing almost God is schizophrenic, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I know at least when I initially started my my seminary training that's what it was it was here was the plan of god and then it failed yeah so here was the next plan and here was the next one and here was the next one it continued and i remember thinking i was was brand new you know only walking with the lord a few years just feeling so confused yeah so i'm like okay this doesn't make sense it keeps breaking down and you have God relating to his people differently in each one of them. Yeah. And it seemed like what had happened is the emphasis in the Old Testament became uh, an emphasis in the New. That even though we were saved by grace, we were saved through faith, yep. that now we are relating to God with the Old yep. Testament, with the Old Law. Now law was driving how we were being sanctified. It was driving if God was going to bless us, if God was going to keep us, if we're going to be assured that we're one of his, it it was all law. So we have gospel to get us saved, but then our relationship with him, let's go back, back to the to law. law. Which is exactly what Paul gets so upset yeah. with the Galatians for, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. If you, if you started by the Spirit, how is it that you think you're going to keep exactly. on doing this by the law? It doesn't work. But it's so subtle and it feels so right in a way, right? Sure. You think this well, look, I'm walking with the Lord. Yeah. He's going to bless this obedience yeah. is, is how it plays out in our life, right? Right. right. And, and I, again, I know it's it's maybe not exactly the topic, but, yeah. but this is where we went, and so this is where we went, okay? It's our podcast. We can do it. That's right. I guess we can, right? <laughs> we'll just change the title. Um, but but if, you, if you think about it, look, let's, let's help our listeners a little bit. Really, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Yes. And and another way of looking at that is you're either part of the, you're 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 trying to fulfill the covenant of works, or you know you're saved by the covenant of yeah. grace. And the struggle, you, you, we have this battle where we, like you said, naturally we are works oriented. Yeah, we want to achieve it on our own. 
regardless of the fact that we know we can't. Okay, and so if you look at that, even even something like uh, you know the covenant with Abraham, that's a promise made to him. Yeah, that's grace. And we've got to keep that in mind. And that's why Paul says in Galatians, look, the law that came 430 years later doesn't abrogate, doesn't get rid of that promise. And the promise came because Adam and Eve failed. Yeah. And God knew the only hope that from that moment, it was, I mean, from before the foundation of the earth, it was already planned. We, he knew that there had to be the perfect man Christ sent to achieve what we couldn't achieve. And he had to give it to us. Yeah. We couldn't possibly earn it. That That's a really important kind of one lesson in scripture that is from Genesis to the end of Revelation. Yeah. I even think of uh, another connection of thinking about uh, being a new creation hmm. when we when we think of that. Because in the Old Testament, you know, in, in Adam, we were all born That's in right. Adam, right? right? And now in the New Testament, we're in Christ. But in a sense, when we're when we're sinning, when we're rebelling, we're acting like we're in Adam, right? So there's something still remaining. There's mm-hmm. that remaining flesh. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's the already not yet of our sanctification. Yeah, and there's there's categories that help us understand. No, you are a new creation. You are in Christ. Although at times you can act like you're still your old self in adam and i think we can do that too with even understanding the lord at times we can relate to him and think of him as always oh, all law yeah or he's all grace yep good point and and, to, and because we we get warped with this thinking that no god's different he's acting differently toward his people well he is in a way acting differently because it was a different context and he was treating him differently than than you know each of those circumstances but sure. it, it was one connected story that he was working out and how he was relating to them i just think of people like david mm-hmm. he fascinates me <laughs> think of david in the old testament man after god's own heart he loves the lord he's following after god and then he fails miserably yep and then you look <laughs> at his life and you're like okay what's god gonna do what should he do with, with David. I mean, what we would do, destroy him. Yeah, you should destroy him, right? Yeah. And then he shows him grace. But then there's a part where I'm going to let you suffer some of the consequences sure. of your, your stupidity. But he showers him with grace. Yeah. Even in that moment. And even when he cries out to God, it just think of it, you know, save me, Lord, from my presumptuous sins. Those sins I plan out. Yep. And how gracious God is to... Uh, the Old Testament saints that you know Paul says in in uh, Romans he talks about the forbearance of God yeah because think about it every sin could be punished instantly and with an eternal punishment that's well deserved and he didn't he didn't do that throughout you know the Old Testament and and uh, until the time of yeah. Christ even and so you know to be just and the justifier Christ had to die on the cross because um, there were a lot of old testament saints who their 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 sins are covered the same way our sins are covered they, and let's make that clear too salvation in the old testament yeah. is not different than the salvation in the new testament in that it's not that they worked for their salvation and now we get grace yeah <laughs> that's not how it's they were saved if they were saved they were saved by grace yeah. uh, through faith mm-hmm. in fact 
but that's something else I think that people think, well, in the Old Testament, they had to work for their salvation. No, no, that's, that's not how it was. Yeah. Again, con- continuity between the, here's the relationship between the Old and New Testament. Uh, yeah. It's really one story. Yeah. So what's the big lesson? Read your Old Testament. A lot. Ooh. Maybe the big lesson. When are you going to throw preaching in the Old Testament? Hmm. You got Hebrews too. Maybe the, maybe do Hebrews is how to do it the best way because you don't want to. Well, you know. You're going to throw with the end before the beginning of the story. Listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Romans is next anyway. But but the the, the quote the quote that we and we, you and I talked about um, earlier before we went on the air. This the idea is. Uh, the new is in the old concealed. The old is in the new revealed. Yeah. Uh, I believe some credit that to Augustine. Um, that's huge. Yeah. The new is in the old concealed. It's not that the new, that, that Christ is not present in the Old Testament, it's that he's more hidden. It's a little yeah. more concealed. Um, and the Old Testament and everything that we study in the Old Testament is revealed in its fullness. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, in Christ, uh, and in order to understand the old, we need Christ. In order to understand Christ in His fullness, we need the old. Yeah. So I think the big lesson is study all of Scripture, mm-hmm. and and don't think of it as stories, but as one story. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. any takeaways for you as we wrap up this episode? Yeah, I think it just it's so important as we think about the character of God. Yeah. That we keep in mind the whole of Scripture and not just images of who we think He is. But we remember that in judgment there is mercy yeah. and there is grace. Isn't that what Habakkuk said at the end of his book? Yeah. You know, remember us in mercy. And God showed it over and over and over. And then when it came in the New Testament, it was fully realized. But we have that same grace that started in Genesis 3 of God's promise is still outpoured in our lives today. So he is the same merciful God. And at the same time, he has reserved his judgment for those who are lost and yeah. uh, refuse to repent and believe in him. Yeah, that's right. And and for believers to, to be able to see the glorious wisdom of God, mm-hmm. that the angels even long to see how the plan of God would play out, yeah. We should study the old and new and and rejoice and and worship yeah. because how glorious this plan really is. Uh, now you're getting into stuff that we, I don't know if it's just because we're in person now yeah. or what, but this there's a little more excitement going yeah. on under these topics too. But this was great. So uh, I hope that you all enjoyed um, this uh, episode as well and. Again, if you have questions like this that you'd like to send our way so that we could talk through it uh, together and including you. And again, we're also thinking of bringing on some guests to talk through some of these topics and we hope to do that. But go ahead and and subscribe, share, uh, pass along to friends and uh, send us whatever uh, topics and feedback you'd like to uh, until we're together again next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.